Hello, good morning and welcome along to the Saturday Splash here on Riverside Radio and I am so excited to be back in the studio after an amazing Christmas break. Happy New Year to all of you in our amazing boroughs of Wandsworth, Richmond, Merton and Lambeth and of course all around the world wherever you're listening to this. Welcome along to the Saturday Splash. If you're new to the Saturday Splash, of course, my name is Rosie and I'm a massive nature nerd. I'm here to tell you all about the nature in southwest London and beyond. Often we have lovely families join us from southwest London. They get involved in the studio. We have lovely young people come in and they help me interview the scientists. We've had an amazing year. In fact, it's probably the Saturday Splash's first birthday coming up soon. I did my very first show in January last year, and what a year it has been. We have been on bat walks in Battersea Park. We heard local bats on the bat detector with our expert guide, Steph. Um, not only that, we've spoken to fossil experts. We found about fossils in London. We've heard spooky stories for Halloween. We even went to visit the otters at the Wetland Centre. We met the otters there. Oh, Honey and Todd, I think that was their names. They were so cute and lovely. And we've met so many wonderful families from our local areas beyond a huge big thank you to all of you wherever you're listening of course we're live here on a saturday morning and you can find us saturday splash on podcast wherever you listen to them perfect for families if you've got a nice long car journey coming up and you want to quiz yourself on nature but i'll tell you what i'm doing today because it's the new year's the first first show of the year I'm going to be looking at some happy news stories from our local areas here in southwest London, around the UK, and of course, beyond too. Big wildlife, happy news stories to start off the year. And where I want to start is literally, we're here in the studio in Battersea. I want to start with a local good news story, which is so super local, from our very own Battersea Park Children's Zoo. So we have got a children's zoo just in Battersea Park there. It is amazing. So many amazing animals there. And there were lots of babies born at the zoo this year. They had lots of baby little animals born. So things that they had, uh, kookaburra chicks were born there, baby meerkats were born there. They had a green and black poison dart froglets were born there. I love my frogs. That is so amazing and exciting. Tiny little froglets. Um, but perhaps one of the most exciting babies that they had born, or should I say hatched this year, is something called a barley starling. Now you might have heard of starling, you might have even seen starlings. We've got common starlings around us here in southwest London. Um, they're normally kind of a black colour with a purpley greeny sheen. But this is a different type of starling. The one's called barley starlings. And the reason why this is so exciting is because the barley starlings out there in the wild, in Bali and Indonesia, there's perhaps less than 100 of them living in the wild. It's a really, really small number of them. And in fact, what zoos can do is help with conservation or breeding programs. And the good people at Battersea Park Children's Zoo this year hatched four of these critically endangered barley starlings at the zoo, uh, making them one of the most successful zoos of that breeding programme in Europe. So a big congratulations to Battersea Park Children's Zoo for all their amazing efforts um, of all the animals, but importantly for the lovely barley starling. Now, I've got a question for you all. I mentioned there, starlings, the ones we see in the UK, the common starling in particular, usually this oily black colour with a purple and green sheen. But the barley starling is very different. It's a different colour. But what colour do you think it is? 
I'm going to give you three options, okay? What colour is the barley starling? Do you think it is red, white or blue? We'll find out after this. Good morning. Welcome back to the Saturday Splash with me, Rosie, here on Riverside Radio. Now, we are going through all of the amazing good news stories that we had here in southwest London, UK and beyond regarding nature. Of course, Saturday Splash is where we talk about nature. Now, just before the break there, I asked you a question. What colour is the barley starling? It's a very different colour from the common starlings that we have here in the UK. Well, the barley starling is... White is white in colour and it's got this gorgeous blue, almost like it's wearing blue eyeshadow around its eyes. And of course, the reason we're talking about barley starlings is because a big congratulation goes to the Battersea Sea Park Children's Zoo, who hatched four of these critically endangered barley starlings at the zoo this year. Now, moving on to my next kind of happy story. And this one makes me really, really excited. Um, this is kind of a slightly wider story. It's London, the UK... One thing that the amazing conservation people have been doing this year, and you might not believe it, is they've brought beavers back. There are beavers that have been reintroduced in the UK, and this year, or last year I should say, 2022, beavers were reintroduced to London. Now, you might think that that's quite a strange thing, strange place for beavers to be, because beavers actually were hunted to extinction centuries, hundreds of years ago in the UK. There used to be beavers here, but they were all hunted and there were none left. But some have been reintroduced to London, up in Enfield, and also lots of different sites all around the UK. Now, why is that important? Well, first of all, beavers are pretty cool. They're pretty amazing just in themselves. But it's not just that. Beavers actually look after a lot of other nature as well. One thing that beavers are often called is ecosystem engineers. What a good word. Ecosystem engineers. This means that essentially what they do is they look after the environment around them. They make simple changes to their habitat, such as um, digging up trees, um, damming little areas of water, creating new areas of water, digging, uh, digging kind of like beaver canal systems as well. And what they do by doing this is create really, really important wetland areas, which help so many different animals. Because these wetlands bring in other species, such as otters, shrews, voles, loads of birds, loads of invertebrates like dragonflies. There might even be fish. And not only that, but they help to reduce car uh, carbon climate change as well they reduce flooding beavers are amazing so really really exciting that here in london and also around the uk as well there have been really successful attempts at introducing beavers back to the uk but i'm not going to stop there because i've got a question for you we know the beavers are doing really really well at helping look after nature we have a big thanks to the beavers and all of the hard work they're doing but there's something quite cool about beavers that I learned recently. What colour are beaver teeth? Okay, I'm going to give you three options. Are beaver's teeth white, brown or orange? I'll tell you why I'm asking this question in a minute, because the beaver's teeth obviously do a really good job of chopping through all of that wood. But what colour are beaver teeth? Are they white, are they brown or are they orange? What do you think? 
Well, beaver teeth are, in fact, orange. Yeah, it's really strange. I, I thought I'd never noticed it before, but when I looked at back at pictures of beavers, yeah, absolutely, they've got these long incisor teeth. So they're the two at the front, and they kind of keep growing and keep growing. And they're that orange colour because they have this protective coating of enamel on their teeth, a bit like we do, but it is made of iron, which helps to keep their teeth super, super strong. And they need those teeth to be strong because they're using them continuously throughout their life to, to cut down trees, move trees around, creating those little areas of water that do so much for the habitat and also help humans as well. So good news story there. Reintroduce, reintroduction of beavers around the UK in 2022 was a good year for that. Now, there's something else that 2022 has been a good year for, and that's tigers. Um, so obviously, we're going to have to go a little bit further out of southwest London, out of the UK, um, to areas in Asia where tigers are in the wild. And we know that tigers have not been doing too well traditionally. They've been hunted, um, their habitat destruction numbers of tigers going down but in 2022 scientists and conservationists realized that actually the number of tigers in the wild were actually 40 percent more than what they had fought previously because the scientists have found better ways in monitoring how many different tigers are out there they actually feel like now there's way more tigers than they previously fought up to 40 percent more um, so there could be between 3,000 to 5,000 wild tigers out there, which is still quite a small number, but importantly, a lot more than they thought that there were before. And of course, lots still needed to help tigers out there. There's loads of different simple things that we could all do every day to help nature. And it's really thought that this is good news and the hope will continue to help tigers with protecting areas where they live and will continue to see the numbers of tigers grow. But I have a question for you. Great news that there's more tigers in the wild than was previously fought. But what would happen if you shaved a tiger? It's quite a strange question, I know. Here's a true or false, or maybe I should say a true or poo question for you. If you shaved a tiger, you would see stripes on its skin. True or poo? So if you shave that tiger, are you going to see stripes on its skin? It's not just in its fur. True or poo? Well, we'll find out after this. Good morning and welcome back to the Saturday Splash with me, Rosie. Now, just before the... Um, we had some great songs there. But just before that, I... I set a question to you. It was a true or poo question, and it was all about tigers. We know that tiger numbers are higher than they were, or higher than we thought that they were. And this was a really good news story of 2022. But I asked you, true or poo, if you shaved a tiger, it would have stripes on its skin as well. Is that true or is that poo? Well, I can confirm that it's true. It's not just the tiger's fur that has the stripes running through it. Of course, we know tigers for their lovely, stripy, gorgeous fur. But also their skin is stripy too. And in fact, if you've ever seen like a, a TV show where there's a vet visiting a zoo and they shave the tiger to maybe give it some medication or anything like that, you'll see the tiger has lovely stripy skin under the fur as well. Well, there you go. And good news that 
there are more tigers around in the wild than we thought. But of course, we still do need to make sure we're looking after the habitats around the world. Now, back to a more local good news story. If you've listened to the Saturday Splash before, you cast your memory all the way back to about April in 2022, April last year. We took part in something called the City Nature Challenge. And this was a challenge run to get people out there looking for nature near them, looking for animals, plants, mushrooms, literally anything living near them and record it. And the way that they were asking people to do this is using an app called iNaturalist. And it's an app that you can just get on your phone. And basically, you take a photograph of the living thing you see. Maybe it's a buttercup, whatever it is. It will help identify what you've seen. It will give you the scientific name. And it lets scientists know what everyone is seeing that lives all around them. And it helps the scientists to see what species are doing well, what species might need help and can really, really help inform some big changes in the way that we look after nature. So the good news is, as Saturday Splash got involved last year, we were very happy. We went out with Victor, actually, one of the friends of the show. From He was from the Natural History Museum, where we found a few interesting species around that area. But the good news is, lots of other people got involved too. So between the end of um, April and the beginning of May... Over 300 people got involved in the City Nature Challenge in London. So that's just in London. Loads more got involved across the UK. And between these 300 people that got involved, maybe you got involved yourself. Um, they they saw over 4,000 different sightings of different nature observations and over 1,000 species were recorded in just a few days. So that is absolutely incredible. And anyone literally could get involved. All you'd need is access to a smartphone to take pictures of these different living things. Um, and you can go and view everybody's findings on the iNaturalist project. Um, so look for the City Nature Challenge. So that was really good news. We got loads of people out there looking for nature and helping scientists to understand what's alive, what's living in different areas. But I've got a question for you, right? What do you think was London's most seen insect this year? Or last year, obviously, we're talking about 2022. So what was London's most seen insect? So the insect that most people took a photograph of and uploaded it to this City Nature Challenge. Any ideas? Well, this year, the most seen insect was actually a type of ladybird. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me too much, actually. Ladybirds are one of my favourites as well. This was one of the harlequin ladybirds. That's that species. Um, And actually, it's not a species that was normally kind of um, originally found in the UK. It's one that has arrived from from elsewhere. Um, But that was the most spotted harlequin ladybird. There are 46 ladybird species that live in the UK, but most of them you wouldn't even know are ladybirds unless you were an expert because they're quite small and brown and easy to overlook. Um, So there you go, the most frequently spotted insect in London for the City Nature Challenge was a ladybird. Now, next good news story. We're going to go a little bit further than just London. We're going to reach out a little bit across the UK and listen out for the UK's loudest bird. Okay, so it was it's quite an interesting bird. I've never seen one of these myself. It's something called a bittern. 
bittern. And they're quite large birds. They live in reed beds, so that probably makes sense why I've never seen one. And to be fair, they're quite shy. You more often hear them than see them. But if you did see one, this is what they'd look like. So they're kind of um, a brownie colour. They've got spots along their chest. And they've got this long pointy beak and this little beady eye. And they've got kind of stripes along their body as well. Stripy spotty pattern that's kind of dark brown in colour. Now, you wouldn't... It'd be quite hard to spot these, but you might be able to hear them because, like I said, they are the UK's loudest bird. The males of this make a really, really loud noise, this booming noise, um, and they use that to attract females. And in fact, each male makes a slightly different noise, so scientists were able to kind of tell the different individual males apart. Now, we're coming on to the good news story. Before last year, um, in fact, over the last few hundred of years, these loudest birds, Britain's loud, uh, UK's loudest birds, the bitterns, were not doing too well. In fact, in 1990, there were only or less than 20 of these birds across the whole of the UK. Really not good numbers. And this was because they've been illegally hunted and also wetlands. They need the reed bed areas to live. They, the wetlands weren't doing too well. They, some of those habitats were being cut down or gotten rid of. So the scientists thought, right, we need to do something to look after these bitterns. And what some scientists did is they investigated them, they observed them. In fact, they attached tiny little radio transmitters to some of them to work out which areas they were going to try and find what they could do to help and implemented and, and kind of made new projects to help areas of wetland around the UK. And the good news story is that in 2022, the number of these birds has risen quite a lot and there's hundreds of these in the UK. So still not doing really, really well and really, really solid, but what a big jump from less than 20 to over 100. It's good progress, good track. And of course, yeah, we continue to help wetlands, we'll help these birds and lots of other birds and animals across the UK. So good news, the bitterns are doing well, but... A question for you. I mentioned they're the UK's loudest birds. The male make that booming call. But what are they as loud as? I'm going to give you three options, okay? What is the bittern as loud as? Is it as loud as a champagne cork popping? You can imagine that. Are they as loud as a motorbike racing down your street, maybe at 1am? Or are they as loud as a jet aeroplane? Which of those three? Do you know what? We'll find out after this. Hello, welcome back to the Saturday Splash here on Riverside Radio. So I left you there with a question. We're talking about the UK's loudest bird, the bittern. And these have done quite well in 2022. We've seen numbers go from less than a few, just a few individuals really, to over a few. 100, which is really, really great. Good progress. Hopefully they've got more good progress in their future. But what are they as loud as? Were they as loud as a champagne cork being popped, a motorbike or a jet aeroplane? What did you think? Well, it's hard to believe this one. But this bird, the UK's loudest bird, can make a noise as loud as a jet aeroplane. I find that quite hard to believe. I had to check my, my facts on this one. But yeah, absolutely. 
And it's when these males are trying to attract a female to mate, they make this loud, booming noise. And you're more more likely to see these birds. Sorry, you're more likely to hear these birds than to see them. And yeah, as loud as a jet aeroplane. Absolutely unbelievable, but good news. So we've covered a few good news stories there. Some local stories, such as the great people at Battersea Park Children's Zoo hatching some barley starlings critically endangered. We've heard that tigers are doing better than previously fought. Lots of people get involved looking after nature and the city nature challenge. But here's a story that made, made me really, really smile. Put a big, big smile on my face. So what is the world's largest animal? Do you know? It's the biggest animal that ever lived. It is, of course, the blue whale. Now, you've got the blue whales. Lots of people are kind of vaguely familiar with blue whales. Really, really big whales. We're going to take a step back from the blue whales and have a look at the second biggest species on our planet. Any guesses? Well, yeah, it's another type of whale. Something called the southern fin whale. Now, these whales are pretty, pretty cool. But unfortunately, their numbers weren't doing too great out in the wild. There's a bit of a theme going here, isn't there, through these success stories. And they all start off with these animals weren't doing too well. And that was because of something called whaling, where people were hunting whales. Not very good. But in 2022... A huge group of these whales were spotted. Perhaps up to 150 150 individual of these southern fin whales were spotted around a place called Elephant Island. What a good name. Elephant Island in the Southern Ocean. And this is a really, really good sign that actually these southern fin whales are doing quite well. They're slowly, slowly, the numbers of them are starting to creep up. And this is great because everything in the ocean, in fact, everything on the planet is connected. So by helping the whales, we're helping other bits and pieces as well. And actually scientists think that this could help actually climate change by having more whales up there because they help locking carbon dioxide into the oceans and that helps the rest of the planet. So really good news, Hope, hopefully good news. We'll have to keep our eyes on it and see how it works out. But hopefully good news for some of the southern fin whales out there because there are some in really big groups. So suggest the numbers are doing quite well. But there's something quite cool that I found out about the southern fin whale. And this really kind of surprised me. The southern fin whale's face. So if you imagine that you're looking at a whale, you've gone for a swim, you're looking at a whale... Its face is not symmetrical. And this is quite strange. Most animals, most creatures are usually quite symmetrical in nature. But the the southern fin whale's faces are not symmetrical. In fact, the right side of their jaw, underneath their jaw, their right lip, and the right side of their baleen, which is actually part of their mouth, is a kind of yellowy white colour. While the left side is grey. So that's really strange to have one colour sort of yellow, yellowy white, and one side is grey. And scientists actually think that this, one of the reasons this might be the case, is when these whales are hunting. Um, the whales might keep the white side of their face towards the fish that they're hunting, and that kind of forces the fish um, to swim into a ball. So they, they gather together so the whales can eat them. But there you go. I had absolutely no idea, and I thought that was quite cool. But of course... Elephant Island, the Southern Ocean, quite far away. So let's bring it back for our last good news story of 2022 to some beetles. In fact, bug life 
You might know Bug Life. They're um, an organisation that look after the tiny little insects and other creepy crawlies out there. Um, a conservation charity have actually announced this year that Britain's rarest beetles, or one of Britain's rarest beetles, have been discovered in Devon. So there's something called the Blue Ground Beetle, and it was found in two places that it had never, ever been found before, and this is an area called Dartmoor. You might have been there. It's nice to go for nice long walks. Um, and that was because of some staff and volunteers that were looking around the area, and before this they thought that these beetles were only found in a few sites in Devon and Cornwall and South Wales but actually they found this beetle in a brand new site which is really really important because they're such rare beetles it's great to see that they're living in a different place as well there might be more of them out there than we thought and with lots of these animals that we've been talking about today you might think oh good news for that beetle that's great that that beetle has more of them or good news for that type of whale great but really, on, on the grand scheme of things, what, what do, does it really matter? Well, absolutely, yes, it does. And that's because everything in nature is connected. If you imagine a big food chain where one thing is eating another and then it poops out some nutrients that another thing eats and then something else eats that. And if you zoom out, you've got all of the different species on this planet connected in some way, shape or form, including, importantly, humans. If you removed some beetles, well, you might not think that that would be too important, but that would start to affect all of the other little living things near and around it, and that would have a ripple-on effect for all of the different living things, importantly, including humans. So it's important we look after all the living things around us, be them small, look after nature. And actually, that leads me on to my final question for you. We'll get on to that after the break. Hello, welcome back to the Saturday Splash. And we're almost out of time, so I'm going to get to this question pretty quickly. Today, we've been talking about all sorts of lovely nature stories from 2022. Loads that were happening here in southwest London, right near to our studio in Battersea, actually. And some that are happening out there far near Elephant Island, even wherever that is in the Southern Ocean. Loads of great things happening out there, but of course, nature still does need our help so my question to you is what is going to be your nature new year's resolution because we know that there's lots of little things that we can do every day to help nature so some of the things you might want to think about is um, getting a reusable water bottle that's nice and simple not buying ones from a shop every day for example walking to school or work if you can instead of driving Obviously, that might take a little bit more effort for some people that live further away, but if it's possible, might be something to consider. Or maybe buying less things, thinking a little bit more carefully about what you need, buying less, throwing less away, using less plastic. And the plastic that you do use, making sure that goes into the recycling rather than the bin, or making sure at the very least it doesn't go anywhere near waterways or wetlands or rivers or streams or anything like that. So what is going to be your nature New Year's resolution? It doesn't have to be anything huge. Little simple things that we do every day will really try, it really will make the difference. And a big thank you from us here at the Saturday Splash and everyone really for any things that you're already doing. So for example, this year I started um, cycling to work every day instead of getting on the tube. And to be fair, 
that was a great thing to do anyway. But it's a little bit greener, um, uses a little bit less of kind of energy that we could put towards something else. And so, yeah, big thank you to all of you that are already doing little things or maybe even big things to help the nature that lives near you. Now, we've got loads more coming up today on Riverside Radio, so do stay tuned. And we will also be back on the Saturday Splash next week. And we look forward to seeing you then. Happy New Year!